welcome to Skin Out, a podcast celebrating all the people them that want to skin out, enjoy and show out. These are the stories of people of colour taking up space in the kink and fetish scene. I'm your host, Tony, and I hope you're ready because we're about to go on a sexual journey. In each episode, we'll meet a brand new guest, delve into their sexual past and tread alongside them as they divulge their exploits in desire. I'm joined by the lovely Logan this week, he him. He is the son of a lesbian black feminist born and raised in London. He's worked in different scenes for eight years and has been running play parties for the last six years. His work as a facilitator of 10 years has led to him creating and running workshops to support play party monitors and people who want to create and run their own parties. He's a sensual masseuse and an architect of POC and queer raves. Hey, baby. That was some introduction. I'm gassed. <laughs> Only the best. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are definitely one of my closest friends within the scene. You're someone Aww. I definitely I could turn. I usually turn to for advice or things because I feel like I'm still very much a baby okay. of the scene. And I think that's because I see you as a kinky veteran of source. Am I right <laughs> or am I right? I don't know. It's only when I meet people that have been on the scene for like a year or two that I'm like, okay, for me it's like eight years, nine years. So I don't know, I guess so. Why don't you take us back to when it all started for you? <sighs> okay. Um I I don't know how old I was. My age minus eight. I was in Hackney with my cousin in a park and I met this woman, started chatting, blah blah blah. We were both Gemini's and she said, Do you wanna come to a party? I didn't think anything of it. Back then I was I wouldn't say vanilla, but I was very like Guys do this, women do that, da, 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 to some extent. And she asked me to come to a party that I later learned was Killing Kittens. And I went in like a three-piece suit, but it was a sauna party. Yeah, so I went. I didn't say a word to anybody. I was shook. I just sat down all night, still in the same space, whilst everyone around me was just fucking and doing all kinds of things. Wait, what's a sauna party? Um, so in Covent Garden, there's a gay spa, a gay sauna. And it's literally, you go in, you go downstairs and there's like a massive, anyone who's been to the Covent Garden venue knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's a pool, a jacuzzi in the middle, and then there's lockers, and then there's like massage rooms off to the side and there's a massive sauna. So it's hot, very, very hot. And you were wearing a three-piece suit? Yeah. The entire time? The entire time. I didn't take off anything. I was shocked. I was, she just said, let's go to a party. I was like, cool. She said, it's in Covent Garden. So I put on a suit and... That's what happened. That was my introduction. <laughs> that was your introduction. <laughs> yeah. And you came back for more. Um, yeah, we stopped talking. At the time, we had signed up as a couple, quote unquote. And I then had to find my way as a single guy, which was a challenge. What were the challenges? I think for a lot of single het guys, when we think of sex parties or play parties, there's this image that's conjured in our mind and often we don't really fit into that in a non-problem we don't know how to well no that's not fair but it's very easy to be problematic within that space if you haven't checked your identity or your privilege or your ethics or your morals or whatever so I had to kind of figure out who I was in a very white space and kind of find my own community but authentically not just let me just go to a couple's party with you so that I can get in genuinely like I care about you as a person why don't we try and do this 
Can you describe what the, that scene was like eight years ago? Because I imagine it's very different to what it's like now. Well, I didn't know about kink parties. Like I didn't, I'd never been in a space where latex leather, any of that was a thing. Killing Kittens was very, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but it was very like Mayfair, £100 a ticket, very white, very heterosexual. Well, the assumption was that every woman is bisexual and every man is heterosexual and trans people just didn't exist in that space. Obviously, I know they did, but they weren't seen as existing in that space. So it was very performative. It's like you have to look the part to fit in. And if you don't, then you ain't going, basically. That that was my experience anyway. So Killing Kittens was your first ever experience. What was yeah. next after that? After that, I went to, I met a friend of mine. She used to work at an event called Toppers. I think it was in Camberwell, somewhere in South. South is massive, so yeah. So I went to an event called Toppers. Again, now that I think about it, this is quite ridiculous. Again, in a suit. Uh, I thought you'd learn your lesson by now. <laughs> no, because it was a kink event and it was like, wear all black. And I was like, I don't really, at the time, I didn't, I didn't own a kilt, whilst that might be problematic for some people. I didn't own a kilt. I didn't own a harness or I didn't own boots, any of that. So I went in shirt, trousers, tie, blah, blah, blah. That's what I felt. Now that I think about it, I felt safe and comfortable in that. So that's what I went in. And Jesus, I saw, um, till this day, like I can see it right now in my head. I just saw this. Paint a picture for us. Oh my days. So I go downstairs. I'm going to go downstairs. No, first of all, I walk through the door. The two uh, receptionists or hosts or whoever they were, were, um, I don't know how they would identify, but I identify them as trans women. So I was like, okay, this is the first time from my knowledge, I've met a trans woman. But I'm just like, it is what it is. You are who you are. Let's keep it moving. Register, give my name, etc. Make sure I know all the rules. I see my friend, but then she goes downstairs to work. So I just follow her. I go downstairs and I see this man who is probably about six foot nine, 180 kilograms, tattoos all over him. I, I've noticed some of them are like ex-army tattoos. And he's being, I don't, how graphic do you want me to get? Be, be filthy. Be. He's in a sex swing. First time I've ever seen a sex swing in person. He's in a sex swing getting pegged by this five foot woman who had this, this strap on was like the, the, the width of my leg. Wow. And he's got gas in the air, taking it, putting it back, taking it, putting it back just so that he can take this, this strap on. And I'm just standing there like, what the fuck? I'm wearing my polo shirt, my black polo shirt with like my hair slicked back and I'm like feeling nice and pristine and everyone's around me with like chains and tattoos and on a dog lead and eating out of dog bowls and this like epitome of masculine man is being pegged, taking gas in it. That was my second experience. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? But I liked the girl at the time, so I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. This is my scene. It was not. Now, I'm like, yeah, that's just like Friday. Yeah, it was It was a very eye-opening at the time. Did yeah. you Did you play at that party or were no. you again in, the, in one space? No, I did not. Oh, no, I lie. I did. You did. I did. I did. <laughs> it's really bad that I don't remember that person's name. I did. But... It was eight years ago. This is, yeah, this is time ago. But I used to take pride in knowing everyone's first and last name that I'd ever had sex with or anything. 
but I don't, I don't know that now. Yeah, it was really good, but it was very shock, just culturally shocking. Oh, of of course, apart from me and the woman that I came to see, the only black people in the space. So that was also like, let me just be careful. So yeah. that was the the culture shock part. Massively. Of it. Did you feel like you were being watched because you were a lot different to everyone else? I did. But even now, when I could wear the exact same thing as someone else, a white guy or an Asian guy or whatever, I still always feel like I'm being watched. Whether that's my height or the length of my hair or whatever, I'm always, I always feel like I'm sticking out. So then in that space, it was sticking out times 10. I was the only one wearing a shirt. I was the only one like covering all of their legs. So I think to take it on like a deep level, I think navigating life and always having to stick out by definition of my identity, but still feel comfortable in a space just fell into place. So it wasn't hard, but it was, this space isn't for me. That was the feeling that came with it. When did it start feeling like it was for you? When I started running my own parties. <laughs> and how soon after was that then? So that was like two or three years into the scene, quote unquote. So Killing Kittens was very much swinging. And then toppers and certain munchies like that, there were more kink BDSM stuff. Yeah, two or three years in. What's the difference between swinging and a play party? Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people get confused. And there are swinger, swing parties yeah. out there and there are king parties and they are very different. I, I think they're def definitely different. I haven't been to a swing party before, but I just know they're different. I feel like that's like a thesis answer, but if I have to bullet point it, mm -hmm. this is my experience. There is an assumption that you, you want to play or have, even the term play is not from swinging in my experience because it's you're there to fuck, you're there to have sex. Anything apart from sex, well, why are you here? Whereas in a kink party, you can play, you can do this, you can do impact, you can do foot worshiping, you can do everything that has nothing to do with your genitalia. Whereas in a swings party, it's like, we're going to have sex with as many people as we can. And that's, that's not all the time, but it's very much sex driven and very much looks driven, not necessarily how you identify or who you are as a person, but that's not everywhere, obviously. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> so two years after yeah. Killing Kitten and Toppers, you then started having your own parties. Yep. What triggered that and what was that like at the beginning? What triggered that is I have a very healthy God complex. Anyone that knows me. <laughs> my mum said I can do anything I put my mind to. So, you know, I did that. But I'd really worked in hospitality. I'd been a cocktail bartender, etc., etc. So I knew how to set up an event. It was just my community at the time was not, I didn't know a hundred people to invite to a party. I didn't know where to have it. How would I, how would I advertise it? How would I ensure that safety was being upheld? I literally created a PayPal account, told two friends to invite as many people that you trust to this house and just send me 10 pounds. That's how it started. And then they were like, okay, well, what's the party called? And I was like, give me a day. And then I was like trying to write down names in my book. I was like, I just wish I had like a little black book to just find everyone's names. And then I called it Little Black Book. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's when it started. And then it grew from that. Yes, a lot, <laughs> a lot of work, so many hours of work, but it grew big. What was the first ever party like that you organized for yourself? The first ever party 
anyone who follows Seren Sins on Instagram will remember she brought this cake and put it on the dining room table and then sat in the cake and then made everyone like lick it off of her consensually. It was great. It was wild. It was fun. And it was the first time that I was able to like play music that I listened to, see another black person and like not have that. You know, like when black people see each other and it's like you the nod and it's you're a stranger and it's like, I don't want to do the nod with someone. I just want to be in a space that has different ethnicities, different sizes, different ages. And it's not weird. So it, it was nice to kind of create that. But at the end of it, it was like, why can't someone else do this? I don't want to necessarily have to do all this work. I just want to be in this space. So it was fun. And now Little Black Book has regular parties, has yeah. a steady fan base, yeah. and is very well known yeah. amongst the kink scene. I remember I was in a group chat and someone was like, oh, have you seen this event? I was like, nah, but the people behind Little Black Book are doing it. They're vouching for us. It's going to be good. That's how much reputation oh, that you actually gosh. built. That people just know that if you're involved, it's going to be it's a gonna vibe. Be good. It's going to be a vibe. It's because I care so much. I've been to so many parties and worked at so many parties where it's like, you just want to make money. And I think when it comes to events, the first question I always ask people if they ever ask me for help is, are you doing this for money or are you doing this because you care about the community? Because those are two different ways of handling um, an event, completely different ways. So I care a lot and put a lot of effort into it. But I'm getting tired now. You want to enjoy the fruits of your labor, don't you? It, there is that, but there's also this thing where it's like, I think whenever there, whenever there's a discussion about something ending or finishing, people always go to, oh, that's bad. But I think something can serve a purpose for a period of time and it be fun and people have a great experience and then, okay, it doesn't exist anymore. Like, I, d I don't want Little Black Book to exist for 50 years and someone have this idea in their head of this party that they want, but they never do it because Little Black Book is there. I would much rather put the same energy that I put into that to make someone else's event possible because there's always, there's always nuances and tweaks and something else. It's not about me or this event. It's always about the next person up. What else is there? What other experiences can we create? All of these play parties have been gaining a lot of popularity yeah. recently, becoming very mainstream. Unfortunately. Um, loads of articles being written by it, uh -huh. written about them. But there was one that I read recently about uh, from Galdem where this this person went to their first one. Khadija. Yeah, Khadija. Yeah. And they didn't really have a great time. And no. they didn't feel like it was as safe a space as promised. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? I think that, do, do you know, okay, so I need to go back a bit and then I'll answer your question. Mm -hmm. So my partner came to me like a few days after that was published because she like subscribes to Galdem and and everything that they do. And obviously she knows what line of work I'm in. So she was like, have you read this article? And I was like, no. So then I read it, massively like disappointed and sad that that was their experience. Why I think that was their experience. And let me just be clear here. I'm not saying because of Khadija's identity, they had a bad experience. What I'm saying is because of Khadija's identity, they were able to see more things than someone else might have and be able to articulate it in that way so i literally had this conversation the other day about my mom said something and i was like but how do you know it's because you're lesbian is it that same feeling that you get when someone treats you a certain way and you know it's because you're black you just have i don't know how you just develop that sense 
And I think, I think life is tough. And Khadija saw and had an experience that thousands of people have every year, unfortunately. And it just wasn't handled in the way that it should have been handled. To say that all play parties are safe and inclusive is crazy. But this goes back to what I said before. Is it being run as a business or is it being run for the community? Because there's a part in there where they say um, an incident happened and someone should have contacted them to follow up and it just didn't happen. If you, if you care about the community, someone would have been on it. Like, I feel crap that this happened to this person. Let me see how they are. If it's being run as a business, then Khadija is just another person that falls through the cracks, but then you just get another person in. Do you know what I mean? So like monetary wise, that they are not missing out. And I kind of hate, you see, I'm off on a tangent now. I kind of hate the fact that, and I'm sure they have their reasons why they didn't name drop the events, but I'd love to know what those events were to find out what can be done about it? Because I don't, I don't know what support Khadija's had since then, but that happens to so many people and it's not great. I definitely think that some organisers within the kink scene, they're not doing the same level of work as others no. are doing. And that's what makes the experience so hit and miss for a lot of people. Yeah. You either have a really great time, if you're very fortunate, you end up with an organiser who does clearly care mm. or you just get turned off completely. Yeah. Even if you try a handful of times to go and each time there's always something i remember someone coming to a party once and saying that they couldn't they struggled because of the amount of stairs that they had to climb up to get to the event and before that point i had never thought about accessibility when it came to an event ever because you know look at the is able-bodied the right word i don't think that's the right term anymore a non-disabled person i'm gonna say that and if i'm wrong then dm me I've always lived that life, so I'm not going to think about elevators or stairs um, or lifts or whatever the case may be. And I, re and I remember from then I thought, okay, I need to take this into consideration. And I'm sure there's other things that I haven't taken into consideration. It doesn't mean that I don't care. It's just not on my radar. And so now whenever we look for venues, I was always looking at how flat is the floor? Is there um, an entrance for someone with a wheelchair? Is there somewhere to sit for someone that uses a walking stick or whatever the case may be? And I know I'm, I'm focusing on accessibility but there's so many things that you need to think about when it comes to play parties that we just don't think about because we're looking through our lens and our identity and we need other people we need the Khadijas of the world to say you ain't thought about this and you ain't thought about that I love that you're so open and receptive to feedback to making sure that everyone or as many people as possible have a great time because of course you can't please everyone and but you can try and do the most for the most people yeah, I, I asked myself, uh, I, again, my partner asked me, why are you doing these events? And like proper made me think about what is the point of you doing it? And so that's when I kind of became good with getting feedback. Everything is feedback, whether it be good or bad or no event you're going to have is going to be free from someone being triggered, upset, injury, whatever the case may be. So again, if you if you care about the community and you care about the products that you're putting out there, then you have to be okay with it. If everyone's telling you everything you're doing is perfect and amazing, something, someone's lying. So <laughs> that's the way I look at it. What did you tell your partner when she asked you, why are you doing this? If I asked you now, why, why do you do this? What's your answer? It would be different to my answer then. So my answer then <laughs> was, my answer then was along the lines of, it's so cool to be in these environments. Growing up, the only representation of anything to do with parties sexuality 
was a film called Eyes Wide Shut, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. And it was literally like, you wear a gown, you wear a mask, you're in this mansion, blah, 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 blah. And so I had no idea that I would ever have access to a sex party or a play party or whatever it is. So then when I did get access, like many people, I don't want to say I became addicted because I don't want to trivialize addiction, but it is very difficult to spend your weekend in an orgy and then like half of your friends are on some sort of recreational drug safely and then you go home and it's like you go to Tesco and it's like it's two different worlds <laughs> it's, it's two different worlds so it's very difficult to do that and then go back to like hiking and going to the museum and that's it Hiking and going to the museum is great, but like during hiking, are we going to play? <laughs> Anything Sorry. could be a play scene if you e want it. Thank you. <laughs> Anywhere. And I, it's not just about sex, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it just becomes like, I can't envisage my life without the relationships I have, the friendships I have. But just, I, I don't know. Literally yesterday I had a meeting where we were speaking about public liability insurance. And the woman suggested an insurance company called Hiscox. I know about them. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're laughing, how you're laughing. <laughs> the name it is. It's the name. It's something so childish and trivial. But yeah, the way I describe it to people is, this is one long last answer. The way I describe it to people is, your best friend from school, maybe you can tell them about everything you do and every aspect of your life. Maybe you can't because of the judgment and the stigma that is attached to the scene. But the person that I met last week at some random party, I can have a conversation with them about their douching routine and no one's going to bat an eyelid. It's going to be perfectly fine. But we can also talk about our existential crisis and our depression medication. And it's totally fine. The, the, the stigma and everything that's attached to it is just not there in the same way. And so it's very hard to, to do anything else but that. I just realized what I should think in that. I didn't fully answer your question. You said, why do I do it now? Mm -hmm. Go on. Why do you keep... I feel like I have a responsibility, to be completely honest. It's, um, I love that I don't like going to events and I'll introduce myself to people and they say, oh, I know. I've never met you before. I get it. I completely get it. But it feels weird because I never wanted Little Black Book to become about me. And then the second it started to become about me, I was like, okay, cool. We need to get staff in and I need to not be at parties. Now it's more about, it holds a space in the community. And I feel I now have a responsibility to keep it that way. And if I choose not to do that, that's fine. But now it's definitely responsibility as opposed to this is just fun. So since going, since discovering kink parties, sex parties, have you discovered some kinks and desires of your own that you didn't know that were there until? Bear. Go on, tell us, tell us everything. Every single thing you can think of. Like before, before going to a kink party, a majority of it is just because a lot of my time in these environments, I'm working, right? So I'm not getting off of everyone. Before going to these types of parties, I never even thought, I, I, the word kink didn't even enter my mind unless I read it somewhere. So as well as like, what is a kink? It's like being strangled. Is that a kink? I, I don't asphyxiation yes oh, sorry sorry asphyxiation is it a, but a lot of people would just say that's just normal that's just well it is normal but it's just I don't know 
but okay, so asphyxiation, give everything more or less is giving, receiving. Asphyxiation, impact. I've had staples put on my chest before, made someone bleed. <laughs> You're looking at me like, I didn't know this about you. Making someone bleed through impact, drowning someone, um, CNC, like abduction type stuff, ransom letters. Uh, <laughs> Commitment. <laughs> that's an okay, that's another thing. Like, I don't do half halves. If we're gonna do a scene. Don't laugh in the middle of the scene because, like, I'll make you think you're going to die. Like, seriously. Like, we don't... Unless you say the safe word, this is what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're going to do an abduction scene, there has to be a ransom letter. Or I have to send your roommate at least a, a random text from a burner phone that I bought. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, the mind games of it all. But, you know. Carry on the list. Carry on the list. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Because there's there's wax as well, right? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Can can we wait a second? Because yeah, sure. I actually have a list. Okay. Blindfolds, biting, wax play, hair pulling, nearly everything to do with anal play. Um, giving and receiving. Actually, I did say everything is giving and receiving. Anal play is a bit of a different one. I've never been pegged, but I know it will happen one day. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? interested he's interested <laughs> um and I, it's gruesome i haven't had great experience giving in terms of anal play little bit traumatized so then why is it on your list because it's hot okay um, <laughs> restraints pegs as in like clothes pegs on top of string and then you pull the string and then all the pegs come off um gags like forced I don't know. I don't even know what you call it, but it's like, I've just put it down as forced nature. So like, let's say this person's tied up. So you tie them up to a chair and then you put a gag in and then you make them read from the Bible or the conservative manifesto. Make them read something that's going to like trigger something in their head to be like, I shouldn't be doing this right now. And like every time they stop, you like hit them or put their feet in like ice cold water. And just don't let them out. Shit like that. Or boil a kettle next to their heads. The sound like scares them. This is a side. Did this go dark? Did this go too dark? (laughs) This is a side of you that um, I haven't seen before. No one has. I literally posted on Instagram the other day about um, some friends of mine react. I've known, it was Nikki actually. I've known Nikki like five, six years. She's never seen me in an impact scene in terms of like, I don't want to say as the dom giving impact to someone else and like we went in it was a private party and she literally stood there and was like i've never seen you do that before but because i i'm not for big extravagant acts in parties that's not really my thing one-to-one or like if there's five of us in like a flat or a hotel or whatever that's cool but i know i definitely need to feel comfortable enough to get to that point but that's that's because of like deeper stuff that I don't think we have time to get into. How did you you know you were into that sort of violence? I think you described it on your Instagram as, you know, being violent. Yeah. How did you realise you were into that and were comfortable with that? By giving myself permission to be that person. And, okay, we kind of have to go into the deeper stuff. So being raised by my mum, it was always like, of course, you know, don't do drugs, blah, 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 blah. But it's always like treat specifically women treat women with respect never be violent and she had 
been in violent relationships in the, well, one violent relationship in the past. She works in domestic violence and racial harassment. So like growing up, I knew every fucking statistic there was about domestic violence and how power and control worked and the, the chances of someone um, just leaving an abusive relationship is not just easy as you pack your shit. Like that was like my childhood. So I got that. I understood all of that intellectually. But what happened was I became a very, very pleasant young man. And so could never, not could never, but subconsciously was always like never be violent ever. So then found the kink scene and then understood the nuances of consent as well as consensual non-consent. And then I think for the first time it was with an old play partner that I was like, I'm going to try this and see how it goes. And it was amazing. But I definitely had to like aftercare myself and be like, it's okay. You're not a bad person. They're okay. They're good. Since then I was just like, okay, cool, let's do this. But it's not just with everyone. I wouldn't do that with like someone at a party that I've just met. No way. Can you talk more about the, the aftercare that had to happen after that? Was that given to what, you? For me or them? For you. And also for them as well. So I think when it comes to let's describe it as top and bottom rather than dom and sub. So I think like top aftercare isn't discussed about enough because you're gonna go through you don't know what you're gonna go through after a scene. And so I remember someone asking me in a workshop, like, what aftercare do you need? And I was like, I need biscuits, I need cuddles, and then I need to know that the person, the bottom, is genuinely okay. But not just them saying they're okay, like, I need to experience you as being okay. Which doesn't necessarily take away that person's agency, but, like, if, you, if you're saying you're all right, but you're still crying and you can't stand up, in my opinion, you're not all right. But, like, there has to be a balance. And that's not for me to necessarily feel better as a person but just so that i know that responsibility is being met like you're okay to continue your day or whatever you need to do bottom aftercare lots of cuddles i think i don't really know about other people but i'm always like cuddles and head strokes and shit like that thank you for explaining aftercare i think that's a that's something that i think a lot of newbies don't potentially know as much about and it's mm. not really i guess in vanilla interactions mm. aftercare isn't really done or, or talked about in the same sort of way is it no I, my, the only the um do, 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 do. i can't think of a word but like the equivalent to that is again it's a very heteronormative way of looking at it after sex it's like the guy just wants to roll over don't touch me i'm gonna fall asleep and then the woman just wants to be cuddled that's my version of like that's what the aftercare is like i need to know everything's okay or to feel loved or affectionate or whatever the case may be. And I think because of socialization, we're not taught that that's important. There is no like kink 101 guide. So when people come to the scene, they have what's called like drop, where like you just, you go from this euphoric state to just like, I feel absolutely shit. I don't know what's going on because you've just gone through a bunch of things that like you've ever never gone through before or you don't usually go through, or you don't know what's going to come up for you in terms of like your trauma or your past or whatever. So how do I deal with that exactly? And sometimes just someone being there makes it okay. Like a lot of people don't need anything. They're just like, yeah, I'm good. But I know for me, I just need to, I need a cuddle and just, okay, everything's fine. And breathe. <laughs> That's good. Thank you for sharing that. How, how did you get into being a sensual masseuse. Is that the same as being like uh, someone who massages someone's yoni? Like a yoni masseuse? Someone's yoni? <laughs> a yoni masseuse? Is it the same thing? 
So a lot of, oh gosh, okay. So a lot of massage therapists would never call themselves misuse, okay. misuse because of the connotations that misuse has. But then the second you put sensual on top of that, you're kind of reinforcing some of those assumptions. But for the sake of this, let's just say misuse so that we don't have to keep saying massage therapist because it's long. How did I get into it? I used to be a massage therapist because I used to be a personal trainer. And then I was like, all my clients need massage. This is before urban massage was a thing. So I became a massage therapist. Did that on and off for years. And then found myself, found myself in the scene. And then I was like, not to brag, but I'm like pretty good at this whole sex thing and the sensuality thing. So, <laughs> so why don't I just use that? I know about anatomy and physiology. Let me somehow like try and studies, read some books, read this, talk to this person, figure out what I can do. And then just kind of made it. Can you, can you walk me through what a sensual massage involves? Why are you doing this to me? I want to know. I'm interested in getting one done. Oh, so tell God. me, tell me what to expect. Tell us what to expect. Tell us what to, um, using the same concept from a kink scene. We need to make agreements. We need to talk about what you do and don't want, like explicitly. Do you want to have an orgasm? If so, how do you have an orgasm? Depending on the gender of the person. I had to have this whole conversation with myself about like, do I want to give a sensual massage to like a masculine presenting person? And I was like, hmm. the answer is yes. But that was like a thing that came up for me. So once we've agreed where you want to be touched, where you don't want to be touched, a lot of people don't like to be touched on their feet or their stomach because of the intimacy level. So once we've agreed that and we've agreed where it's going to be, how long it's going to be and like the level of intimacy. So there's, let's just say level one is imagine a standard massage, but the fingers kind of just drag along your pelvis as opposed to just a lot of massages thumbs to prevent the intimacy of your fingers. So it'd be more fingers like dragging across erogenous areas. Level two. You can say vulva. Say that again. You can say vulva. No, there's no vulva at level no? one. No. No. Oh, okay. Because it's for someone that's like, I just want a little taste. Level two, we're going vulva. We're, yeah. Every, vulva, penis shaft whatever the case may be just for those who can't see tony's blushing um uh so once we've set decided music everything cool so it's a standard massage but depending on what your how you respond to it so are we going to focus more on the chest area are we going to focus on vulva do you orgasm internally clitorally maybe not at all do you want your armpits touched your hair slightly pulled as you know it, it kind of depends what the person wants to experience. And a level three, I haven't quite decided yet because no one's asked for it yet. Can I ask now, what's a level three? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? Um, <laughs> in my head, I was like, this isn't sex work. And then I asked a bunch of my sex worker friends and they were like, yeah, babe, it is. I think, I think I'd have sex with someone. Level three? I think I would. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't. But then it was like, okay, so then how much are you charging people? And then my God complex comes in and I'm like, five grand. <laughs> five grand, two hours. Uh, yeah. Ask about me. But then, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> I've got to figure it out. Yeah, and you let me know. You let us know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah it sure. I'll, I'll post, post it on Instagram. <laughs> Have you ever received a sensual massage? Once when I did a massage exchange with someone else. What was that like for you? It was good. It was fun. 
but it was also, I find it hard to, as you know, to switch off. So I was constantly thinking about, I would have left the pressure on that muscle a bit longer, or I would have done that, or I don't really like this. I prefer that. But the the in-depth, not to knock anything on her, but the in-depth conversation that I would have with someone else beforehand, we didn't have. So it was good. I just know majority of people don't, like insects, are you going to say, actually, can you stop? I don't like that. Not a lot of people are. They're just going to let whatever happen, happen. And I try to avoid that by going over every little thing meticulously, like a day or two beforehand. So that when we get to the time, I've already gone over my notes. I already know like who the person is, as well as hopefully how you respond to certain things. So I was in my head a little bit, but I'll get one again. Maybe. 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 A lot of central massages just end up like 10 minutes massage and then you fuck. Not for me, I mean. I just mean like in general. Or if your partner says, do you want a massage? No, you just want to fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when last did you get a massage for like an hour straight? It was by an actual massage therapist. Did you want to fuck them? No. Okay. <laughs> have you ever had a massage by someone that you do want to fuck? And then we did, yeah, have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember one time you said that you were sort of queer. Sort of queer? Sort of, yeah. Um, Queerish. Queerish. What's your journey been like exploring your sexuality? Intellectually, because I understand the spectrum, it hasn't been difficult at all. But at the same time, I was still raised as a cishet man in England, a black cishet man in England. So there's certain expectations that are not my own, but I uphold. And so there's been a lot of unlearning. My first... I don't even know if you call it a queer experience. I kissed this boy when I was in <laughs> primary school. Looking back, he was so butters. I don't know how the fuck we even ended up kissing. Like, literally, I don't remember anything before or after the kiss. I just remember kissing behind the playground wall. That was my first time. His name was Frankie. Shout out, Frankie. And then me and my siblings putting on our mum's clothes Always wanting to paint my nails, but never doing it until I was like 20 something. But even then it was like, it has to be black. I haven't quite, I'm not quite comfortable wearing any other color yet. And the queerness is more like identity as opposed to sexuality. But now, I don't know. Some guy kissed me by accident and I was all right with it. So this was at like KV or some party. How long ago was that? <sighs> Late last year. And you're not mm. mad about Actually, it. Actually, no, this happened again. It happened again. Yeah. Oh, baby, you queer. We went to, um, <laughs> I was at exhibit platform, Dom's party exhibit. And somehow me, Annie, some other person whose name I do not know. And actually, I don't want to say his name because he's like the only person with that name. And I don't want to be out in people. But like we all ended up in like this three, four way kiss. And apart from the stubble, again, I was right with it. So it's a bit confusing, but I know it's a spectrum. I've just never dipped into the spectrum like that. Honest opinion. Um, three-way, four-way kiss. Does it actually feel good? Yeah. So I've tried. I've tried doing a three-way kiss, and I find like I don't, I don't know. Which one, I don't know where to put my mouth. And you're two in your head. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But it's just like there's so many heads in the way. I'm like. Hundred percent. Okay, I'm in my head. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. it's not supposed to be. The same as kissing another person. Because, okay. like, just Pythagoras' theorem doesn't allow for the lips to... <laughs> to the That's what I was thinking in my head. Like, how am I going to touch this lip and this lip You're at the same not. time? It's just a... It's like a... It's like an orgy. You're just like, wherever it's going, it's going. 
But it's more about the energy of the moment as opposed to you're not going to have a four-way kiss and say, oh my gosh, that person was a great kisser because, it's just, yeah, it's just not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, but it was hot. Mm-hmm. I think that's my journey through queerness. What is something that you want to try but you haven't yet done? I'm pretty sure I said this to Holly yesterday. I want to be tied up to something, blindfolded, and then whoever the designated person is, like we're in a, it doesn't have to be a party, but it has to be like at least 20 people. The designated person has to like instruct whoever's in the room to do whatever to me within our agreed list. And then I'm eventually like, the blindfold's taken off and I'm never told who did what. That's what I want to do. Because in my head, that's such a head fuck. I'm like, have we played together? Yeah, we have. You just don't know that we have. Was it a mass person, a femme person, a non-binary person, a this, a that, a da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Yeah, head fuck, definitely. That's what I want to do. That sounds very hot. And, nerd alert, I want to have a, an orgy where everyone is wearing a Power Ranger helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> a friend of mine, Max, she did this OnlyFans video where she's wearing a pink Power Rangers helmet and this guy's wearing a red Power Rangers helmet. And I was like, I need to have that scene happen as an orgy and I have to be the Black Ranger. No one else can be the Black Ranger. That has to happen. (laughs) You asked. That's my answer. Like a proper helmet helmet or like one of those gimp mask helmets? No, we're talking 80 pounds up. We're talking... Forbidden Planet, Power Ranger helmet. Damn. I'm going to get... And nothing the, else on? You can wear some laundry or whatever. or a, You can wear whatever you want. We're going to leave it on that wonderfully delicious note. I'm going to let you think about and fantasize about Power Rangers having an orgy. That sounds very great. <laughs> Thank you, Logan, so much for joining me, joining us and sharing your story and allowing us to be a part of it. And thank you, lovely listeners, for tuning in. Let us know your thoughts and carry on the conversation with the hashtag SkinOutPod. Do all the things you usually do with podcasts. Give us a good rating, share on your social media and subscribe. We'll see you next week. <laughs>